Welcome to What Do You Know About? My name is Ash, and I will be your tour guide through the lesser-known stories of history. You can join us on your favorite podcast app, or come have a conversation on our Instagram at WDKA Podcast. But first, hold on tight, because we're about to go down a historical rabbit hole with today's episode. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello once again, my favorite history nerds. Welcome back to the chaos of Kat and I attempting to keep a straight face while telling tales of the weird side of history. As promised, we are in the spooky season, and today is a double feature episode. But first, Kat, have you seen some of the dice that Leah has on her website, greenleafgeek.com? Oh, gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. You You know what else she has on her website besides just dice, though, right now? What? She has adventure calendars which first of all hilarious pun love it but their advent calendars uh for christmas coming up the pre-orders opened august 1st so they're already available for pre-order and they ship um in early november so that you make sure to get them in december and they are advent calendars filled with dice okay i love like the dice advent calendars and like her dice are usually amazing like right they're gorgeous so you get four full matched uh for the silver edition which i should say there are different tiers of the advent calendars there are four different tiers there are uh silver gold platinum and diamond editions with silver being 60 dollars canadian and diamond being 325 dollars canadian which just goes to speak and is already sold out um so platinum edition would be the next one below that which is 160 which goes to speak for like how much is in these advent calendars with the just the silver edition uh you get the um reusable or recyclable advent calendar box with 24 compartments hiding surprises you get four full matched sets of curated polyhedral dice um she says that these are new sets that she's never stocked before as Ooh. well so mm-hmm. um you get a selection of random curated polyhedral dice You get an exclusive system agnostic one-shot adventure printed with color cover artwork uh, written by Leon Barillo with illustration by Cinta Posadas. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, You get a download code for a PDF copy of of the one-shot. You get two exclusive wintery-themed coloring sheets illustrated by Vanessa Defanwick and Zakia Gar- Gogans? I'm so guessing at these pronunciations. I'm probably butchering them. I'm so sorry. Uh, and then extra, also extra goodies and coupons um, made by Greenleaf Geek. Uh, 
as well as some other small TTRPG businesses. Um, and that's just kind of random surprises. So there's so much content in these things. I love a good advent calendar box. Yeah. I love a creative one. The chocolates are fine, but like how many how many chocolate advent calendars can you really have in a cup, I was going right? to say, like, no, no, this sounds even better, especially when you have like the dice, you got the coloring sheets, you got an actual like adventure so that you can actually use your dice for. Right? There's so much extra content besides just the dice. And this is the silver edition. Like, this is, like, tier one. Like, there's... I can't even imagine how much stuff is in the platinum box, to be honest. But, like... That, or in the diamond box. Yeah, like, that just sounds amazing. Right? So, pre-orders opened August 1st. So, it is open for pre-order now. They will be shipping out early November to ensure delivery for December. Um, and then she just has a note just to make sure that you order your calendars on their own for shipping purposes, just to make everything easy. Um, and you should still be able to use our code WDYKA podcast at checkout for 10% off. And if your code does not work for that, because it may not, because it's a special item, but definitely give it a try. Mm. If it doesn't, she does have her handmade artisan dice, which a lot of them are currently sold out because they are like handmade by Leah that it takes a long time to make. But see, they do, she does have some amazing ones still for sale. One that I have my eyes set on is called False Life that comes in a choice of like a few different colors, but they're also gorgeous. That she does have an option that you can have her pick what color you get so you can be a mystery as to which of the colors that you actually get that she will pick it out for you i kind of love that i kind right? of love that mystery color aspect um she also has as we said that she has curated dice which is in everyone's budget range which also includes mystery sets so that you don't know what you're getting as well as other mm -hmm. accessories such as TCG pocket-sized life trackers, which I am definitely going to be getting as soon as they're back in stock. Because oh, I could use so those handy. for when I'm going to play Magic the Gathering instead of trying to just constantly roll my life tracker dice. <laughs> because yeah, use, just as little pocket-sized one has the would. most battery and yeah, exactly. That it die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But as we said, we do have our special code, so you just have to use the link in our show notes or that code, W-D-Y-K-A-PODCAST, all in capitals, to get your 10% off. So mm -hmm. definitely check everything out that we've just talked to you about, because everything Leah does is amazing, and those advent calendars, I am tempted to get one myself. <laughs> Mm -hmm. she's really just got so much cool stuff in here and if you like critical role there's a lot of stuff in here for you too especially oh for sure like any like tcg any like tabletop role-playing game like you're set like she's got mm -hmm. for everybody i mean specifically because i'm looking at a dice set right now that's called jester's lunch and it is dice that's just packed with lollipops and what looks like nerd candies <laughs> well yeah because like she had her as i said last episode she's got she did like her first kickstarter was Keyfish, which mm -hmm. was based on the one scene where keyleth dies off of a cliff and turns into a goldfish and just smatters <laughs> herself on the egg into the water and dies basically because a goldfish off of a cliff is not the best option <laughs> there's so many other plans there's so many other plans that could have gone um oh, and that one even came with like a little mini um adventure that you can do based off of that oh. too i love that but back to the history. 
So today yeah. we're going to be talking about an island full of dolls from Cat's research that she's been holding on to for like a year. <laughs> for a long time, for sure. And then I decided randomly that in order to go with her creepy dolls, I'm just going to give you guys a little dive into the dark side of Disney as a little refresher after the journey of my favorite creepy items. Because really, how you dark can Disney parks get? That's a good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> I have a feeling that your Disney parks run, just knowing you, is still going to get pretty dark. But uh, I feel like it's it's a good attempt. It's just a little refresher, I swear. Nothing right. too dark. But uh-huh. yeah, so yeah, our fair dues warning, though. We will be talking mm-hmm. about deaths, human remains, creepy dolls, ghosts, phobias, possession, and possible curses. If yes. these topics are not for you, we will not be diving extremely deep into them, but please feel free to check out our bat log or wait for a future episode that is more friendly towards your energy. We honestly do not mind, as we really do encourage everyone to listen to their minds and bodies when it comes to sensitive subjects. Absolutely. Mental health is such, like, so much higher of a priority than listening to your favorite podcast. But really, even at the end of this, if you need a mental health break, you're going to be wanting to go to Disney after this. So you just book your (laughs) Disney trip now. And I, no refunds just, after listening to the dark side of it. We're not sponsored by Disney. <laughs> we should be. Uh, Let's get on that. I, I, I don't know Especially what your, after what story this episode. You're tell, but by the time you're done with it, I don't know if we're ever going to have a shot. Especially at the end they of the like their dark side being They will love me. They will still love me and they will want to sponsor us by the end of this. Well, they really don't like their dark side being acknowledged. I um, still like it. But with that being said, let's dive in. Cat, take it away with the creepy dolls. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, I'm really going full spooky season for me here. I hate creepy dolls. I love like, them. I, I was neutral towards them until I watched The Conjuring, and then I watched Annabelle, and now I can't stand them. They're so creepy. Actually, I, and, and I like, was neutral I towards them, and then I became in love with them after watching them. I just like okay things about like the supernatural possession stuff like that like it really like gets under my skin so I think like seeing the two things like combined like the creepy dolls with the supernatural element just like permeated it as like just like dolls are just like creepy dolls are just like creepy now forever oh yeah no um Um, I may or may not (laughs) if I go to a thrift store and I see like all of like the like old dolls and stuff if there's one that looks like there is a possible, like a very strong possibility that it is haunted, I want to take it home with me to figure Ashley. out who is haunting it and why. Ashley, Ashley, you are the person at the start of the horror movie who's like, this might be haunted. Let's go investigate. I am the person who's like, absolutely not. I choose life and walks away. We've talked about this. Yes, and that is why we get along so well. But yes, oh continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, before we dive into uh, Doll Island, which is an interesting story, I wanted to talk a little bit about like the history of like creepy dolls in media and like why do we think dolls are creepy? 
um, and ended up finding a, a lot more about that than I did about the Island of Dolls, which turns out like to be like a pretty succinct story, actually. So we're going to start with kind of like a deep dive into creepy dolls. And we'll talk about Doll Island. And then I have got just like another like creepy doll fun fun fact um, at the end to kind of like wrap us all up. So if you get to a point where it starts feeling heavy, it it, it gets like it does get lighter by the end of it um so just you know keep that in mind as you make a decision about what your best choices for your energy and for protecting your mental health are all right so with that being said i I, kate in times past started off started this off with a question asking ashley why are dolls so creepy but your answer is that they aren't so we're gonna skip past that well i mean in general i would say that probably most people find them creepy because they're kind of made to look realistic in a way it's but they're not the uncanny valley yeah it's the uncanny, the uncanny valley. valley thing but then especially like when you look at like some of the older dolls the way that they will age oh they don't age well they don't age well some of them and really it looks don't. creepy especially when you have like some of like the porcelain shattering or like the different um the different coloring that you get from like how porcelain mm-hmm. will color when it ages or like just or when they're dirty or, like, and their hair or like, the plastic when it comes like, in or melts uh... and stuff like that like, when you look at like chucky and stuff like that when he melts and stuff yeah like this really isn't the episode for for anyone who's out there who who's like me if you hate dolls like this really is not the episode for you i'm sorry I'm actually, like talk about just so much watching you right now i'm like why are you even doing this episode <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be okay. I can talk about this in like a, I can put it in a box and it'll be okay. It can stay in the little box and be over there. Um. <laughs> but I'm like, it's also so, like the uh, idea that like, okay, is, this is a very innocent thing. And then yeah, when you it's add an, it's on the like the horror disturbed. elements to it, oh, yeah, God, it's yeah. going to be very getting creepy when you're like, this is a childhood item that is coming to life in like a it's, horror-esque way right (laughs) yeah so we call that the subversion of innocence so um diving into this uh i found out that there is a word for the fear of dolls it's not just like a thing i mean you know most phobias have a word for them i guess but this phobia is called pediophobia which sounds like it should be the fear of children but it's the fear of dolls um and it's classified under automatonophobia which is a hard word to say and sounds made up but it means the fear of humanoid objects so like the fear of mannequins for example would fall under uh automatonophobia um yeah so we yeah so there's like this phenomenon there's like like this phobia there's the uncanny valley uh effect um like there's just that whole thing uh back when we wrote this we had been planning that ashley would do uh her portion about mannequins yeah Um, because i actually am afraid of mannequins because ashley hates mannequins and i hate dolls so that was gonna like i will say my fear of mannequins came from doctor who (laughs) that's valid that is valid that episode was freaky (laughs) and then also just because of my anxiety and stuff um and like walking through like museums and stuff, right? And like the atmosphere the wax, in a museum and like the amount figures. of like stuff oh. in a museum that like it was mm-hmm. just overwhelming. And then like the idea that okay, this mannequin is dressed up as a human in a hu- in an actual like human shape. It's like, is it a mannequin or is it a human 
pretending to be a mannequin. Uh, that kind of idea fuck? that my brain just couldn't comprehend as to like oh, what no. is it? So like anything that's actually humanoid yeah. like sizing? No. Yeah, a doll at least is not oh, a human size. <laughs> this is I'm going to totally like not that I was going to say I'm going to derail us but we're already pretty derailed. But um, I was in a GameStop the other day, and this particular one had a child-sized mannequin that was wearing a Darth Vader mask and some other, like, nerd merch. But it looked like a fully-dressed child. Like, the mannequin part was, like, pretty much completely covered. And I genuinely thought there was this just little kid in a Darth Vader mask just staring at me. And I was going to be like, child, where are your parents? And then I (laughs) looked closer and realized it was plastic. So (laughs) Nice. I felt watched and it was uncomfortable. Oh, no, like some of them and are just way dumb. too humanized or covered up enough that they look human. That's just oh, like, totally. no, no, like no, it no, was no. totally intentional, but it was like in the middle of the floor. Like it wasn't in a window or something. It was just in the middle of the floor. They never have a mannequin there. Yeah, no. I was just not expecting it to be there. So no, for me, I'm like mannequins and clowns. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> clowns. I'm not the biggest fan of anymore. Thanks it. But, um, it's creepy dolls man creepy dolls they they just they get to me they get under my skin and i anything to do with like eyeball stuff i just no absolutely not um okay and so sorry getting back on track as we had been talking about it i was thinking about it the difference between like the fear of mannequins the fear of dolls clearly they're different because you're bothered by mannequins and i'm bothered by dolls but we're not bothered by each other's thing um so to me i felt that the main difference between these two phobias is like the subversion of innocence in the case of dolls like you were saying it's like a child's plaything. it's supposed to be this kind of like symbol of childhood innocence and so to see it like twisted is like particularly unnerving although i wouldn't say that's really fully childhood innocence since dolls are technically to kind of were made for children to learn how to be adults. Like, okay, fair. So it's not being really innocent, innocent, because it's like, no, no, here's how to be an adult. <laughs> we're no, training you. <laughs> there's, I feel like there's a bit of a difference in between, like, the intention but, yes. that they were made for and, like, how they're used, right? Because, like, as a kid playing with a baby doll, I never saw that as me practicing being an adult. I saw it as me playing, creating imaginary friends, making up stories, um, and the things that we were practicing were like practicing caring and nurturing for like another life, right? So like even that I think is still like an innocent thing, you know, like I don't think, like I think caring and nurturing for something is still an innocent act. Well, yeah, it's just like at the beginning of Dolls, it was more of like, yeah, like I'm not... Yeah, I'm not saying that it's, like, a, a symbolism of, like, um, like innocence in the sense of naivety. I just mean, like, it's innocent in the sense of it's, like, holy good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it seems to be, like, a more widespread phenomena, like, a fairly common phenomena, though, because we see it, like, all the time, like, creepy dolls being, like, a trope in movies, even. So how do we get here? So the first, quote, creepy doll movie, I didn't really have a better way to classify them. Uh, as far as I could find across all my sources, um, really didn't have the creepiest doll, but it's still kind of considered like kind of the first in this category. 
It was called The Great Gabo. It was released in 1929, and it was about a ventriloquist whose act revolved around making Otto, the dummy, talk in typical ventriloquist fashion while he was drinking, while he was eating, like, you know, ways that it, it, it seems like the doll is talking on its own. Um, the creepy factor in the movie comes from the doll seemingly have a mind of its own, but rather than the doll itself being evil, it's a ventriloquist who's, like, abrasive and rude to everyone, uh, including the doll, and then the doll is, like, kind of this innocent counterbalance to the ventriloquist. Okay, so I do have to amend my statement about dolls, because so? there is one type of doll that I absolutely cannot handle. You don't like dummies. I cannot... Any type of ventriloquist, mm-hmm. I cannot be in the same room as them. Even when really? at, or at, like, at our old job, yeah. as soon as any type of ventriloquist came in, I was out of that building. I literally I would... If, if there was a ventriloquist coming in, I would literally move my shift so I was not working at the same time as any type of ventriloquist. If there's an on-call shift, I'd be like, is it when you have a... Is it during the program for this time? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, I will not be coming in. And I had a shift where the ventriloquist came in early, and we and like oh. I, and the person who was like, we was working with knew about it, and she was like, "You're leaving now, goodbye." <laughs> and I'm like, as a friend, I literally ducked under this counter and was moving oh, around. I'm like, I cannot handle this. Wait. Goodbye. Okay. I'm out of here. <laughs> and it wasn't even actually... like actual like dummies that she was using. She was using like actual like puppet puppets. And I'm like, still cannot handle it. Goodbye. I'm gone. <laughs> I have so many questions. Okay, wait. So let me get this straight. A possessed doll is fine by you and you want to own one. Yes. But a doll that is very clearly being like manipulated by a person, yeah. that's where you draw the line? Yes. God, I really hope you never find one because you're just gonna die, Ashley. Um, I think partially, possibly because as a kid, I was watching that horror, like this one horror movie where it was a ventriloquist uh, horror movie. Not the I've seen the one that you were just talking about. Fantastic yeah. movie, like scared the shit out of me. But fantastic, well done movie. Um, but there was one, I think it's called Dead Silence, and I could, okay. o- and we only watched half of it. Okay. And literally scarred me, where my mom, like, where that night there was a thunderstorm, and my mom actually had to restrain me to her bed because I was literally freaking out so bad <laughs> during have... this thunderstorm. Um, <laughs> but, it's afraid, but it was about a ventriloquist. Like an evil ventriloquist and her dot possessed ventriloquist dummies. And then there's also a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode about a ventriloquist dummy that came to life and was stabbing people. Was it the Dead of Night? Was that the was that the the one that you're talking about? No, like Dead Silence. Lighting? Dead Silence. Okay, because I've got one uh, later in my notes called Dead of Night. That sounds like a kind of similar idea. No, it's called Dead Silence, and like. The ventriloquist and her dummies would like cut out people's tongues and stuff so that they couldn't scream. Oh my um, god, kind of a thing. But yeah, like, like those probably have something to do with it. But like, yeah, no, I cannot handle ventriloquists and ventriloquist dummies. Like, but possessed dolls are fine. Possessed dolls and stuff, fine. Creepy dolls. Actually, I love them. I love them to death, but not dummies. Actually. It may be because, like, I know that they're supposed to be manipulated by a human. 
and that Except if they come to life manipulated by a demon i don't understand it may not be a demon it may be like that they're manip they're possessed by like the child that had been played with them they're actually a good possession i i uh-uh mm -mm, not worth the risk so not worth the risk oh my god okay <laughs> but dummies are always an evil possession <laughs> Which could be fun, but still, it's just way more of a risk. Because <laughs> I, uh... I think ventriloquists are evil people. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think I think that for me, like, because I'm like clowns and ventriloquists, like to me are like on almost like the same level. That I'm just like, mm -mm, okay. nope. So can't. it's the clown connection, not the dog connection. Okay, Possibly. I have so many questions. <laughs> okay. We are never gonna be on track for this script at all. Okay. Nope. Um, oh, good gravy. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he's a ventriloquist. The creepy factor in the movie comes from the doll seemingly have a mind, having a mind of its own. But rather than the doll being evil, it's the ventriloquist who's abrasive and rude to everyone, including the doll, uh, who is the nice counterpart to his personality. He can't express himself without Otto, and the whole movie revolves around his inability to connect with anyone, especially his romantic partner, without the puppet speaking for him, which obviously causes some drama. Otto is as much a character as, uh, Otto is as much a character as he is, and we watch Gabo abuse him throughout the movie, mostly verbally. Um, it's more of a drama than a scary movie, admittedly, but it's one of the earliest examples of a doll being granted agency in a movie. And that kind of gets uh, followed up with another movie about a living doll in a similar situation where it's a ventriloquist who's dependent on his dummy, um, but like with the psychological horror aspect completely cranked up. And this one that I had uh, was Dead of Night. I'm not sure what Dead Silence is. That one didn't, I don't think that one came up in my notes, but I think it's kind of a similar concept from the sounds of things. Um, but Dead of Night was released in 1945. It's an anthology, so it's a collection of short stories, all psychological horror. And the last story in the anthology focuses on a ventriloquist whose doll is evil and abusive. So kind of flips the role of the doll and the ventriloquist. Uh, the ventriloquist is implied to have split personality disorder, now referred to as dissociative identity disorder, as an explanation for the puppet abusing him and everyone around him in the story is written, abusing him and everyone around him, and the story is written as a man's descent to madness. Uh, it being from the 40s, we now know that this representation of DID is extremely inaccurate and it's an early example of the harmful stereotypes that real people with DID have to deal with. But this was kind of how people saw it at the time as a thing that they didn't like understand at all and yeah. still don't understand nearly enough um unfortunately this is only the start of the two person uh two personalities one of them's evil trope but it isn't long before doll movies kind of branch away from this and into the doll is possessed the doll is alive on its own the doll is not a split personality but an actual distinct like personality yeah that makes sense so like going uh, into like robert and annabelle mm -hmm. yeah, yeah getting into kind of more the chucky side of things you know yeah which is actually the next movie i was going to talk about <laughs> and that's kind of more or less where doll movies have continued to this point we did very recently see uh, a new example of the movie meg is that what it's called where the doll is ai uh something like that yeah and so that kind of like where she's like dancing or whatever like that whole yeah. like tiktok that one's only just 
Exactly. That one's only Megan. just come out, so yeah, I actually haven't had a chance to see it yet. I haven't seen it yet, um, and I really want to, because the actress who plays her is, like, a really good little dancer, and, like, she seems, like, super cool, and I'm like, I want to see this movie just because it looks so cool. Megan, that's what yeah. it's called. Yeah, it looks super cool, and I want to see that one, too. Yeah, so that one's a brand, brand uh, new one. Well, not, like, brand, brand new. It's not like it was released in theaters, like, last week, but, like, I haven't had a chance to see that, see that one yet, but that is kind of... When I saw the trailer for that one, I, like, I thought back on this script that was sitting in limbo already at that point by the time I'd seen the trailer, and may, it kind of made me wonder if, like, that's where doll movies are going to go. Like, as it stands, most creepy doll movies still land in this, like, possession camp, and uh, the plot of Megan is that this woman develops a doll to be a friend for a child who I think is her niece, and the doll is AI. Uh, and so she's programmed this, like, life-sized, mannequin-esque, super uncanny, uh, like, AI doll to be, like, a friend stand-in. And then it's a horror movie, so obviously everything's going to go wrong, but I haven't seen it myself, so I don't know exactly how. So I'm wondering if that's going to be, like, kind of the future of doll movies, is that it's going to kind of start going away from possession and into, like, more like that creepy tech. demonstrations yeah. of AI territory. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think, so the, didn't, like, the possession-y stuff kind of start with Ed and Lorraine Warren and, like, their shit? Chucky actually started, uh, came out before, uh, Annabelle. Okay. But wouldn't... So, anyway. other way around. Okay. Well, because mm -hmm. Ed and Lorraine Warren... Like, I'm gonna get into that. Robert... I'm gonna get into that. Don't jump the gun too much, but I'm, I'm like, gonna get into that. I mean, didn't Ed and, like, wouldn't Robert and, like, Annabelle, like, the dolls have been found before, like, the movies started coming out? Like the actual they real would, dolls? I don't, yes, but I, like I'm gonna get into this. Okay, <laughs> I think I think they would have, but I don't think it would have been quite so commonly known until okay. the release of Annabelle. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. Gotcha. You're jumping ahead of me a little. <laughs> I know my um, history. <laughs> I know you know your creepy history. Okay, so, uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. okay, so so we're. We are kind of now, it'll be interesting to see where we end up going with the AI thing, but where we are kind of sitting right now, comfortably still, and only just starting to kind of like work our way out of is like this possessed doll trope. Yeah, so some 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 dolls in this trope are possessed by demons, others are possessed by the dead, or are like some kind of harbing, harbinger, harbinger, harbinger. Yeah, That's whatever. a word I shouldn't use because I don't know how to say it. Some like omen of death. <laughs> So variations of that brought us some of the most famous haunted dolls, including Chucky, Tiffany being the bride of Chucky, uh, and Annabelle. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about Chucky a ton because, you know, we we know we know Chucky. We know Chucky. But, He's a doll. But, He's possessed. He kills people. But Kat, we're friends we till it. the end. <laughs> <laughs> You're oh, welcome. Gabby, you have to play with me forever. Okay. Um, I will send you gifs of Chucky now constantly. <laughs> everything that is good in this world please do not send me anything to do with chucky i'm avoiding it on purpose at this point I yeah so like a, isn't there like the a last... new chucky coming out i think there's like a new chucky like another new chucky coming out or like a chucky tv series coming it. out <laughs> it's i think it's coming straight to like streaming or something like a tv series or another new movie and i'm like yes please all right, so I'm going to use Annabelle to transition from creepy uh, movie creepy dolls to real life creepy dolls. So seamless transition, A plus Kate. Um, <laughs> what about Robert? So poor Robert. <laughs> we're not talking about Robert. There's only so many creepy dolls I can handle in one script. 
fine. Talk about Annabelle. Talking about Annabelle. AKA Raggedy Ann. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. It's so creepy. Okay. So fans of The Conjuring know that the movie is, quote, based on true events, or at least it claims to be. Uh, I obviously hold my reservations about that, but regardless. Considering they don't uh, have the the right looking doll. (laughs) There's so many things. Okay. (laughs) So. The paranormal researchers featured in the film, Ed and Lorraine Warren, were actually real people, uh, and they ran the Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut, until 2019, when it was closed permanently. It started as a collection of artifacts that Ed and Lorraine acquired during their work as paranormal investigators before they opened their collection to the public as a museum that they ran out of the back of their home in the 50s, which to me feels super sketchy, but do what you gotta do, I guess, but also it feels like a hustle. I don't really know. Um, I mean, most serial killer museums are run out of the backs of people's homes at first, so, because it's like their personal bad collections. vibes, though. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. It still gives bad vibes. Gotta do but... what you gotta do in the 50s. I guess, but like, ugh, how like how hard would it have been to like lease like an actual business? Friend yeah, but and then just, how like, many try pe- to make it official? At you know? that time, though, it's not like in the 1800s when seance rooms were like a whole thing. In the 50s, it'd be like uh, the churches are coming to knock in. <laughs> it's pre-satanic panic, though. Yes, but still, churches are coming to knock in. There were plenty of other people coming to knock, and it actually becomes the problem that ends up with them getting shut down. But we'll get there. Uh, (laughs) It eventually actually had to close because of that exact thing. uh, Because in 2019, or in 2019, because it was a breach of zoning laws to be running a public attraction out of their home, uh, which was in a residential area, it... So many people came a knocking that it caused problems with traffic, littering, and trespassing in the neighborhood. So their neighbors were getting disturbed by people who were coming up and knocking on their door asking which house had the creepy museum. Yep. Which is a massive problem, which is why I have an issue with them running it running it out of their home because it's just like just everyone who came was just like inconsiderate to the people who lived nearby. So they were kind of forced to shut down the museum as far as I, uh, and as far as I can tell the Warren's son-in-law who runs the business now that they've passed is looking for a place to house the artifacts. Now the most recent information I could find in October of 2022, the artifacts, including the original Annabelle doll were displayed for the public as part of a supernatural convention not Supernatural, the TV show, but, like, a, a convention about supernatural things. And they had, like, a, a, a stand and attraction that was called the Warren Seekers of the Supernatural Paracon, which was held in the Moagan Sun Convention Center in Connecticut. So Annabelle is first mentioned in The Conjuring, which describes a fictionalized version of how the doll was brought to the Warren's attention and how a demon detached, attached itself to the doll as a B-plot to the main plot following a haunted family. In 2014, uh, the creators of The Conjuring produced a prequel called Annabelle, which goes into detail about the couple that was haunted by the doll, followed by the pre-prequel that goes into detail about how the doll became haunted. <laughs> yep. Just to make things complicated and confusing, try to follow the timeline of The Conjuring universe like, like the whole universe it's so it's so, it's so like listen i did try i watched a bunch of those movies and i just i i lost the plot with the pre-prequels i was like i i can't like <laughs> well because i think the nun 2 is coming out soon i saw the nun i might watch the nun too but 
Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm confused. No, keeping, keeping I'm the timeline straight. Like this, yeah, this franchise is just, it's hard to follow. <laughs> the timeline's all over the map. It would be kind of fun to like watch them in like chronological order, like as to the, to the story and see how that goes. Yeah. So in the movie, uh, Annabelle is a creepy porcelain doll with an angry expression um, to really drive home the creepy possessed thing. Uh, in real life, Annabelle was a vintage Raggedy Ann doll that looked like it would be cute in any other context if it was like well maintained, maybe a little dead eyed, but like cute as any other doll from, you know, the 70s. I don't know. Raggedy Ann uh, in the movie. It's a gift from a husband to a pregnant wife. But the true story, as according to Ed and Lorraine, was that the doll was a birthday gift from a mother to her 28-year-old daughter from a hobby store. So given the type of doll that it is, they probably bought it as new, as far as I could tell from the research that I did, as that particular doll wasn't released before the 70s, as far as I can tell. I am not a doll-making expert. I don't know things. I'm just here. So... <laughs> Yeah, so in the movie, the daughter and her friends are attacked by a cult, and that explains how the doll becomes attached to a demon. God, I remember nothing about this. Is this the pre the pre prequel then? Probably. Okay, yeah, because it's talking about how the demon became attached. Yeah. Good grief! Like seriously, my timeline for this franchise is all over the place. Uh, yeah. Um, the real doll, according to Ed and Lorraine, apparently is attached to a spirit that pretends to be an innocent child a young girl named Annabelle who died as a child. It was also much less violent instead of trying to unalive anyone. I don't know why I wrote it like this. Instead of trying to kill anyone, the doll just mysteriously changed positions when no one was looking. Like they leave it in one room only to find it in another room when they come home. Uh, and then one time the owner said she and her nursing school roommates found it kneeling on a chair. But when they tried to set the doll up in that position, it would just all over so they weren't sure how it was balanced like that like it like couldn't actually sit in a kneeling position yeah mommy's a so raggedy ann also... doll like it's literally almost impossible to even sit it upright in general yeah, like, like it's, it's floppy raggedy... AF. <laughs> it's literally raggedy ann like that's the whole point is that like she's she she floppy she has no structure she's soft yeah, so they also found notes written in a child's handwriting on, on a parchment paper that they didn't have in the apartment, like a kind of paper that they didn't have. And the notes had messages such as, help us and help Lou, who was the fiance of one of the roommates. Lou didn't like the doll, uh, said he could tell it was evil. And the doll's owner was finally prompted to call a medium when she came home to find blood on the back of the doll's hand, as well as three drops on her chest. Uh, the medium apparently told them a story about how Annabelle was the spirit of a child who died, but Ed and Lorraine Warren present two different versions of the medium's origin story for the doll in the book and in the video tour of their museum. So Ed and Lorraine themselves have two different stories for, like, what happened with this doll. Yeah, I don't trust Ed so, and Lorraine ever. Like, they're not reliable. Really? There's so, everything about it is so scammy. Um, so one version of their own story, because they can't keep it straight, uh, one version says the girl was seven and had died in the field where the apartment now stood, and the owners invited Annabelle to stay in the doll out of compassion. Later on, their version of events is that the girl was six, died in a car crash outside the apartment, which is a pretty significant difference, uh, and that the doll was a Christmas present rather than a birthday present. So the doll apparently didn't like Lou too much, probably because, as previously mentioned, he called out its evil intent 
uh, and it attacked him on two occasions. The first was that he woke up from a deep sleep to find the doll hovering over him, uh, and he watched it glide over him until stopping at his chest, at which point he felt it strangle him until he blacked out. He woke up the next morning, and for some reason, that wasn't the point when they called Ed and Lorraine. Uh, the doll attacked him again, leaving him with scratches across his chest that healed completely a couple days later. Then the owner called a priest, now convinced that the doll did have evil intentions and that it wasn't an innocent spirit. Uh, the priest called his superior, who then called Ed and Lorraine. When I say a priest would have been in my home the first time I caught the doll doing anything outright unusual, like, just absolutely not. I can't imagine getting attacked by a doll and then not calling for help immediately. So just, like... I, mm, mm, I don't I don't necessarily think that this is a true account of events personally, but like running on the assumption that it happened, like I don't know how you're not calling for like an exorcism like so freaking fast. Like I mm, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Thinking about it freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, I'd just be doing my own EVP sessions and I investigating know. it and being like, hi, how are you? Who are you? Again, I choose life. The doll Let's chat. the man. I'm calling for backup. Like, <laughs> I just kick Grant uh, out for a while and be like, okay, it's clearly than like you. I'll chat with it, find out why, decide if we need to get rid of it, <laughs> and then we will. And then and then we'll call you back in once we have determined like if if, if we can reconcile with the doll or if the doll needs to go. <laughs> Reconcile with the doll who tried to kill him? Yeah. No! No! You wouldn't do that if it was a person. Why the hell would well, you do person, it if it was a then, doll? If it was a person, then it would be easier to reconcile with or call the police. But if it's a doll, the police ain't gonna do shit. <laughs> That's why you call a priest. That's why you call a priest. I don't oh know God. what a priest no, I can't, so I can't, I can't, I can't call a priest. Like, that's literally, like, to me, like, that's the equivalent of, like, someone's like in crashing in my place like staying in my house like crashing in my place tries to kill ben and then i kick ben out and then i'm like let me try to reconcile with him you clearly don't like him like let's talk this out like that's not the course of action actually that's how people die there's a difference between a human uh, and a doll actually uh if smudge tried to kill ben smudge is a seven month old kitten for those uh for those who don't know yeah, and some right, smudge tried to kill Ben. Them. Which one would you uh, reconcile with first? I'd call a vet and see if she has rabies because that is insane behavior. Oh my god. Okay, you could be the death of me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yeah, I, I can't even wrap my head around not calling for backup like immediately. Like, ah. Okay, so <laughs> I even wrote, literally my next line is even just writing the script was freaking me out. And of course I was home alone because Ben was working late and it was dark outside. And now I'm reading back a ramble about how freaked out I was about this script. I do not fuck around with supernatural shit. They had the priest before, uh, and then I just continue on with the story. So like, <laughs> well done past Kate for, um, predicting exactly how I was going to react to finding this little ramble written in here. Yeah. So oh man okay so they had uh the priest perform an exorcism on the apartment and bless everyone involved uh the owner asked ed and lorraine to take the doll with them and for some reason they didn't bother exercising the actual doll and just brought it into the museum which they had in their home which again i don't understand because the doll tried to kill someone 
They they kept the doll in a glass box with a cross above it and a sign that read, warning, positively do not open. Ed Warren later claimed in the video tour that the doll was responsible for the death of a young man who came in, challenged the doll to, quote, do its worst, tapping on the glass and mocking it. And after Ed kicked him out, the man apparently died in a motorcycle accident three hours later. He apparently lost control of the bike and hit a tree. Uh, his girlfriend was with him. Though she survived, she was hospitalized. Ed claimed that the doll was attached to a demon pretending to, the, to be the spirit of a girl because, quote, God does not allow a child's spirit to go into a doll. Yeah, that man made a mistake. Yeah. First rule of anything haunted, just don't fuck with it. Like, don't, like, try, this like... That's what I mean, and you're like, keep the doll and talk no, to no, no, it. No. And I'm like, no, it's haunted, don't No, no, you can, you can still talk to it, but, like, don't, like, rile up a spirit. Like, when you go into anything, if there's a spirit, if you just, if you, if you are respectful... Leave. If you are respectful <laughs> with them... You're going to be okay. But if you're going to fucking rile them up, you're literally, literally nailing your own coffin together. But see, this is where I disagree, though, because you're like, if you're respectful, you'll be okay. And I'm like, I don't trust that. I don't think I'm okay no matter what I do. And I don't, I don't know what this particular entity accepts as respect like respectful so i'm just gonna get like i'm just i'm getting out i'm gonna but that could be disrespecting the entity i want nothing to do with it that could be disrespecting the entity that's gonna then get you fucked over (laughs) i'm just gonna leave i'm gonna be like all right cool my bad i'm in the wrong place clearly uh toodles have a nice afterlife i suppose or whatever and um yeah see ya never please goodbye uh but my ideal situation is not getting in that situation in the first place so don't take cat ghost hunting. Good to know. Please, for the love of God, do not take cat ghost hunting. I don't want to be near it. I like life. Okay. This has become Kate's rant about supernatural beings. I just, I don't understand it. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to, I, I don't want to piss it off, you know? Okay. So now, listen. I... Of this whole motorcycle story specifically, I don't know if this whole story is true or if it's just a couple that made a lot of money on a book series or a roadside attraction in the middle of a residential area and a movie deal. But I also don't want to take risks when it comes to supernatural shenanigans. Uh, I prefer life as we have now firmly established. So yeah, I didn't used to have a problem with dolls as I mentioned until I watched The Conjuring, I watched Annabelle and dolls freak me out now and I just can't. So when I found out that there's a whole island of creepy dolls, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Listen, the story is going to get so sad, and I want to be respectful of that and of the real people that were involved in this. But also, I never, ever want to see this with my own two eyes again. Well, okay. the good thing that they Stay technically <laughs> don't take tourists. I, they, they, yeah, technically. It's actually apparently very hard, like, you have to, like... It's not easy to get It's not easy to get access to it, like, to get permission to get access to it, so... Yeah, I mean, as we talked about uh, in our last episode, like, people... About just, like, people treating, like, the sites of, like, tragic events as tourist destinations, there's still gonna be some people that are 
gonna go whether they're allowed access or not um but this is supposed to be a protected island so uh ideally don't seek this out this is not this is not going on your trip advisor okay okay good okay so also uh this takes place in mexico so there's a lot of mexican um places that i am doing my best to pronounce i look them up i'm gonna try um but i am really sorry i don't speak a word of spanish so doing my best so uh la isla de la moneca uh or the island of dolls started with the story of don julian santana barrera he left his home his wife and his family in xochimilco i think that's how you say it in mexico city to live by himself on an island on Tishwilo Lake. Now, it sounds like he already wasn't doing super well mentally when he made this decision, but that was definitely not destined to get better for him. Shortly after moving there, he comes across the body of a girl who had drowned in the lake and had washed up onto the shore of his island, followed by a doll. So Don Julian was the self-proclaimed keeper of the island, and so he decided to hang the doll from a tree as a means of appeasing the girl's spirit after being haunted by his discovery. But one doll didn't feel like enough. And so for the next 50 years, he would continue to scavenge dolls and hang any that he found on trees around the island. Tragically, Julian drowned and was found in the same place where he had found the little girl, which is just... Yeah. Like it's, it's almost poetic. Like it's so, it's so tragic, but it's almost, yeah. I mean, Ben and I were talking about this right before recording, talking about how it's probably like currents and rivers and, you know, the way the water moves. Yeah. But it's, it's just, it's, it's almost poetic that he dedicated like 50 year 50 years to turning this island into more or less a shrine to this little girl, only for him to die in probably the same way and then be found in the same place. Like that's it's it's tragic but it's also like almost beautiful yeah no i agree so according so this island has a website though uh and according to their website locals believe that island uh la isla de la muñeca is a quote charmed place um and it it did become a tourist attraction for a while at least after julian passed uh where people would bring their own dolls to hang up around the island i don't know if it still is i'm if it's like more restricted now but according yeah people aren't i believe if i remember correctly um from like another show where they went like where they had access to film and like tell the story of it that they that they don't allow people on that island anymore because people were defacing being disrespectful disrespectful to the doll like to the dolls and things like that so um that people like technically aren't allowed on the island unless brought with a guide and um mm-hmm. and stuff like that being watched basically um yeah that they're actually there for the actual filming and like historical reasons like to actually be respectful of the island yeah like i said there's people who take like tragic places and treat them like tourist destinations and those those people are kind of the ones that kind of ruined this like place kind of for everybody else yeah yeah, so, yeah, it's, like, it is, a, it's it's a tragic story, really. Like, it's, like, a guy left his family behind to go live on this island, presumably because his mental health wasn't so great, finds a body of a young girl, 
spends the rest of his existence turning this island into a kind of shrine for her and then passes away in the same way that she does like it's so like it is so sad and i can only imagine what that poor man must have like experienced on that island and like yeah leading up to it we have very little information about like the rest of his life but that being said there are pictures online of this island of the dolls on this island and of course a collection of dolls over the course of 50 years they are extremely weathered some of them are broken oh that one's i'm looking at them right now and i really shouldn't be because it's so distracting some of them are really just really 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 creepy like so creepy and like like it's it's a tragic story but like looking at the pictures out of context like it's like uh, <laughs> like it's it's a, it's a little bit nightmare fuel for me like Mom, people... like all you see is an island full of broken weather-worn dolls that have been hanging outside in trees for decades yeah well and there's a lot I'm of people like... who've said that like the whole island like the dolls and stuff are all haunted and everything that they've said that they've seen spirits and stuff um, mm-hmm. and then I know that some people, that, that scientists have gone to take a look, uh, like mediums and like different paranormal investigators have gone and stuff to investigate the island. Um, but that some scientists have gone as well and said that the, that the people seeing like specters and stuff, that there is like a chemical that comes up from the water around there, that it could be mm. hallucin, like people hallucinating from the, um, from the waters and stuff like kind of a thing like there's Which so many various explain. actual explanations for possible sightings of spirits on this island well I including mean, for what take... this gentleman might have seen in various after... things yeah yeah like when it says that he was haunted after finding the body like the girl yeah. my sources didn't make it clear if that was like if they meant mentally or if he thought there was like an actual ghost like it does make reference to like appeasing yeah. her spirit so it's entirely possible yeah that because of whatever like chemical that he was that he was literally hallucinating yeah but also i can totally see from a tourist perspective or like a visiting perspective you come onto this island you're surrounded by these dolls look at these images they are kind of horrific yeah no and like just you're already in the uncanny valley you are surrounded by it there are dolls with like baby faces covered in spider webs they're missing limbs they're missing eyes which i hate they're like you know like they've been out in like uh, yeah like been victims of the elements for like decades at this point they are like well especially when you find the original doll like it's just so decayed and everything yeah like absolutely i mean it's like 50 years old at least right like so yeah these dolls are not in good condition no and like and they're hanging from trees like hung from branches or nailed to trees like it's it is a it is a spooky sight so like i if like speaking for myself if i were on this island i'm surrounded by essentially my worst nightmares and like i'm already on edge and then add any kind of external factor into it and you better believe i'm gonna walk away feeling like this place is haunted or like there's some kind of restless spirit here because my spirit is restless technically you're gonna sail away Ah, sail away, walk away. You know what I mean? Walk onto the boat and sail away. You ain't walking away from that island. You're sailing. I'm walking across the water itself. Okay. No. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, like, there, yeah, there, there are pictures. If you're not spooked out by creepy dolls, go take a look, I guess. Like, Like, you can take a look at it. But yeah, I just, 
to me it looks like it's a warning to other dolls and then some of them some of the pictures as well i i don't i suspect that based on the way the dolls and things are placed that it, they weren't part of the original like collection and they were placed by tourists afterwards because there's one in particular where it's a picture of what almost looks like a gravestone and it's kind of like framed in doll heads and limbs and like things like that i suspect were put there by tourists in yeah. order to make it creepy you know what i mean yeah, yeah. to add to which yeah like story, i respect yeah. the people that wanted to come and add a doll actually in memoriam of the people who lived on this island but like the people who added dolls in creepy ways specifically to make it creepier like those are the people that i'm like this is this isn't this isn't coming in with like like with positive intent you know what i mean those are the people that get the island closed down (laughs) exactly exactly those are the people who make it like unapproachable for everyone else yeah yeah i understand the desire to use a doll especially a doll that was like special to a child as a part of like a shrine or like a memorial like i do i i do understand that and i don't want to disrespect that at all um it's it's just after decades of weathering that these dolls look particularly eerie and like just being completely exposed to the elements like that's the part that makes it creepy not the doll itself being used in a memoriam so i don't want anyone walking away feeling like yeah you know there's anything anything wrong with that like that's yeah Oh, for like, sure. honestly, when I see stuff like that, I'm like, oh, that's really, like, heartbreaking and really sweet. But, like, yeah, it's just with this island in particular, it's kind of exploded into kind of this whole other thing, you know? Yeah, it's the same thing with, like, ghost towns and things like that, right? Where it's, like, the actual time of it wasn't scary at all, but then when you have it just left forever, like, for a long time and it starts to decay, it becomes a creepy place and... It's mm-hmm. like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It's worse. Yeah, exactly. Like, it looks worse than it actually was. It looks worse than it was, and then because of that, and because of some of the context surrounding this, and the reputation that this island eventually gained for itself as being, like, creepy doll island. Like, you know, well, like... Yeah. Imagination creepy- runs wild. Exactly. Imagination runs wild, especially for the people that don't have all the context. While I was researching it, um, I tried to get as much information as I could from their website in particular, because so many other articles refer to it as an island of creepy dolls, yeah. rather than like the island of dolls, which is what it's more commonly known as, um, and like giving it like kind of the respect that the story does deserve. So I... I wanted to kind of stay away from like oh this island is so creepy it's full of these dolls and like you know like ash is smiling at me because she's like we get it cat (laughs) (laughs) we get it we get it honey we get it we We know we know we get it it's like yeah i'm skeeved out by dolls but like i i get the context and i want to be respectful but also these dolls are kind of creepy i'm sorry but like yeah okay so one more lighter story about creepy dolls, and this one was just a fun fact I kind of found along the way. This one will be quick, I promise. At the time of writing, this one had just taken place last, last spring. Now I believe it's two springs ago. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> because I couldn't write about creepy dolls and not mention this complete nightmare fuel. The other thing I'm afraid of is the deep sea where you can't see what's coming at you until it's like right there. Uh, sh- you should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Sharks are terrifying and we haven't explored enough of the ocean. So, this combines two things. Yay! In a terrifying, awful way. So, so researchers in Texas uh, surveying marine life just off the coast apparently had discovered more than 30 dolls among like a ton of other garbage. According to US Today, there's a 40-mile stretch of beach from North Padre Island to Matagorda Island that ends up collecting 10 times the amount of trash as other beaches in the area due to a loop current that siphons everything to the same place. So if you think of like Trash Island in the middle of the ocean, like where all the garbage collects because of all the currents... Uh, this is kind of the same the same concept as that monstrosity. So these scientists have found all kinds of dolls and doll parts among the garbage, uh, filled with sand, covered in barnacles, sea life growing out of the doll heads, uh, broken whole, like all kinds of dolls. Jace Tunnell, the director of the mission Aransas Reserve at the University of Texas Marine Institute and his team started collecting and counting the dolls as they were like going about this research 
uh, have found more than 30. And then they made a Facebook page to show off their findings and sell them at an annual fundraising auction, uh, including, this is awful and so awkward, but so including one head of a sex doll that they found and someone bought it at the auction for $35. Okay. The money uh, from the auction was donated to a sea turtle rescue program. So like good cause, but like who, who does, who goes to an, like who buys that? I understand selling the dolls. I understand selling all the dolls, but who buys the one used and two found on a beach after God knows how long head of a sex doll that like is full of sand and is gross and is like yeah like i'm like aren't sex dolls usually like inflatable so like if you had deflated not, not all of them some okay. of them are like silicone okay. i hate that i know this but some of them are like silicone like like a giant barbie doll okay gotcha because like, those ones are like the i usually ones. just think I, I i'm more used to like seeing like the inflatable ones so i'm just thinking like a deflated sex doll head yeah. So yeah, now that I've brought us back to a less creepy note and hopefully erase the cre- creepy imagery with just gross imagery, uh, which I personally somehow find more palatable. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all my research on creepy dolls. If you want to see the other sand-filled barnacle-covered dolls from the uh, Texas um, researcher study, I do have uh, the US Today article listed in my show notes as well. And uh, yeah, you can take a look at some of the dolls uh there i hate them so <laughs> view them at your own risk well i'll be viewing them <laughs> i hate them so much they're so it's just I'm like so, so much worse and there's something growing out of it and living out of it like, i am it's so curious <laughs> on some of these i want to see some of these <laughs> uh i hate it yeah so did i answer why they exist no because the answer is just that it's creepy uh people find unblinking not quite human things creepy that's just it especially when they unexpectedly move or talk that's the worst um, but some of them just do blink. cold plastic eyes staring some of them even into pee. your soul some of them can even pee on command cat <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh when they started that trend i feel like that was like a 90s thing where it was like it feed was. your doll and then it pees and it's like why do i need this <laughs> what is this oh oh the barbie movies come out since we've been on hiatus oh it my has. gosh that that has a lot of good examples of weird dolls <laughs> Like Puberty Barbie, yep. who had a name I don't remember. Uh, don't um, forget Surveillance Barbie or whatever that has, like, the camera yeah. on her back that was, like, from the 2000s. Surveillance Barbie. She had, she had, a, she had a camera in her necklace and a screen yeah. on her back yeah. so that you could see, yeah. like, what was recorded. Pregnancy Barbie, which a lot of people a lot of people were like, why do they think it's weird that she's pregnant? I'm like, no, 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 no. They don't think it's weird that she's pregnant. The doll itself had a removable stomach, and you could see the fetus and remove it from the yeah stomach like you could a baby was in the doll's stomach and you could take it out by popping off the stomach if you can look me in the eye and tell me that that's not creepy i don't know how to continue the conversation with you to be honest like that is creepy that is like that is creepy yeah but yeah it, it popped in my head because i remembered the dog that you like the the barbie dog where you feed him kibble and then he poops and mm-hmm. it's like why why was that why was that a thing I just miss Nibbles the horse. Valid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shall we move I on to Disney? This... <laughs> yeah. My last line of this, though, because I just think past Kate was being kind of funny. Um, 
I wrote, uh, but I hope this thinly, or no, sorry, but I hope this thinly veiled excuse to rant about how creepy dolls are was an interesting set of creepy doll facts and stories. Yep, it was. <laughs> Good. You did your job. <laughs> At least okay. I think you did. Good. Thank you. I, now I can, just, I can now lighten up now. the mood, you know, <laughs> bring us to Disney. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, like, All a right. far cry from the creepy dolls haunting your souls. Yeah, please tell me it's actually light. <laughs> totally! It is super, super light. <laughs> the light only for question, you or The light? only question is, where the hell do I start? <laughs> Alright. So, I decided to just focus on the parks. Because, like, the dark okay. side of the movies is a whole other thing on its own. Oh, um, yeah, that would be, grief. like, a full experience I just didn't want to get into. Um, mm. Like, one example was, like, in The Incredibles, um, when Mrs. Incredible calls, like, up one of her friends. Like, there's a whole storyline that was supposed to happen with that friend, including him dying in a car, in a plane crash. Um, and he ended up only having, like, a f- couple, like, a few minutes of time in the movie or something. But there was supposed to be this whole thing, and he was supposed to, like, die in this massive plane crash or something. Wow. Um, like, as a pilot or something or another. And I'm like, right, yeah. whoa, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is dark, damn. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, but the parks themselves like had enough like crazy stories. Yeah, I imagine they would. Um, so I, I decided to stick with the North American original parks, Disneyland and Disney World. That if we, if we decided to one day, we could maybe go over to like the European and Asian parks. Um, if we wanted to, but I was like, let's leave those for another day. <laughs> yeah. We'll start with the OG parks. And then let's start with one of the most popular fan favorite rides. Tower of Terror? No. So, in 1967, Disneyland Parks opened a new ride to the public, complete with a boat ride through actual water, taking guests on a fantastical journey with a whole lot of fun-loving pirates. Is that, no, wait, not Splash Mountain? No. Wait, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Yep. Oh, okay. I've, okay, for context for viewers, I've never gone to Disneyland or Disney World or Disney anything. Um, I have I have never yet had the opportunity, so I have, like, zero context for, like, whatever else Ashley is about to say besides just pirates, so. Yes, but Pirates of the Caribbean was a sight to behold with the best animatronic technology of its time. I'm concerned that you specifically mentioned the animatronics. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> However, there was one type of animatronic that just wasn't up to snuff for the Imagineers compared to the real deal. So they opted to use the real thing instead. Sharks? Please tell me not sharks. Human remains. No. What? No. So, Pirates wasn't actually the only piece of entertainment to choose to use real human bones over fake ones at the time. The movie Poltergeist also used real human bones instead of, like, rubber ones. Because the the rubber ones were extremely expensive to make and just didn't look real enough with the techniques of the time. And, like, that movie used a lot of bones in such a short period of time. At least Pirates was using them for, like, a lengthy period of time. (laughs) <laughs> where did they get them from did people like donate them to entertainment instead of such like what how <laughs> so the pirates ride itself 
cost as much as the rest of the park did by the time it opened. Oh. <laughs> Lee, no matter, no wonder they made a whole movie franchise based off of that. They had to make some of that money back. <laughs> right? So the Imagineers sourced real bones from the University of California in L.A. How is that allowed? Um, like, which, genuinely, like, how... So that means that they're at least that the bones were clean and deemed safe with no signs of, like, viruses or other hazards to guests. So at least they weren't just, like, okay. robbing graves and digging up random bones you're, and shit. I mean, you're right. Like, buying them from a research facility, I suppose, is one tier above grave robbing. I suppose that's true. <laughs> But, you know, as, like, as technology advanced with designs becoming more realistic, though, the bones were eventually replaced with animatronics or fake bones, and then the real Good. bones were given proper burials. Good. But here's the weird fact. As How was that not the weird fact? <laughs> as far as I can find, even now, there is no real law against buying or selling human remains in the USA unless they're Native no American. Way. Oh, my. No way. No way. That's got to be illegal. There's no way. Right? As far as I can find, and like even from like news articles and stuff, there's no real law against buying or selling human remains unless they're Native American. Like down in the States. Like I think here in Canada we freaking have laws against that, but. You should hope so. It's the U.S. They're a lawless land down there apparently. (laughs) There's a few things that they need to tighten up their laws on. I'm not going to lie, but I'm also not going to dive into that anymore because i don't want to get too too political so keeping with the pirates of the caribbean ride let's take a quick trip over to disney world in florida and let's meet george who's george so george is a construction worker who helped build the ride before it opened in 1973 i'm suddenly very concerned for george's safety (laughs) so given the context um so yeah so it opened in 1973 due to the success in disneyland because uh-huh once something is good in disneyland it goes over to disney world to disney world yeah okay uh no one knows exactly what happened to george but he was killed <laughs> was right but he was, was right. killed instantly right. when he either fell off the part of the set he was working on or it toppled over and crushed him oh george Um, But either way, the tall windowed tower during the well-dunking-slash-burning city scene is now known as George's Tower, and it apparently has his initials carved into the base of it. Cast members claim that any attempts to remove the initials, including painting over them, are fruitless as they just reappear. Oh, oh, oh no. Shortly after the ride opened, a sad older woman would visit the park and ask to ride the attraction alone, weeping in her boat as she spoke to herself. She was later identified as George's mother. Oh, oh, I was going to guess widow, but mother makes sense too. Oh, sweetheart. Now, many years after his unfortunate death, George is said to haunt the ride, not as a mean ghost, but a mischievous one at that. The most famous part of his story is that cast members have to greet him every single morning and wish him farewell every evening, or he will cause the pirate's attraction to malfunction and break down all the time the next day. It is also said that George will punish guests who have bad attitudes by giving them horrible ride experiences if they are complaining in the lineups slash pre-show. 
Okay, that's a little bit funny. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so is George a real person? Like, is this just like an urban legend or like George is real, this existed? So the unfortunate part about George is that he also seems to have a thing about haunting women. Yep, he's one of those 1960s, 1970s men who enjoys snapping women's bras or slapping their butts. Of course, Uh, when they turn around, there's no one to slap right back. (laughs) Yeah. I... Uh, but, like, we have on record, George is a real person. Now, of course, there have been many incidents of deaths in the Disney parks, which I will be getting Not to briefly Disney in a few moments, but there are no actual reports of deaths on the construction of the Pirates attraction at Walt Disney World. Therefore, oh, okay. George may not actually be haunting the ride. But ghost stories have to come from somewhere, right? So what happened to George? There could actually be many ghosts haunting a few of the rides at various Disney parks around the world. But most definitely at Disneyland and Disney World. The two most likely spots to be haunted are Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. Come on. Come on. No one's actually getting haunted at the Haunted Mansion, please. It's just because they're expecting that experience so they seek it out. Like, that's got to be confirmation bias. I refuse to believe that. We haven't talked about the Haunted Mansion a lot yet, so here's a quick tidbit of history on that attraction, and then to the haunting, like the real hauntings, that is. The Haunted Mansion opened at Disneyland in 1969 to become a quick fan favorite. Funny enough, one of the busts in the portrait room is of a man named George with a hatchet in head after being murdered by a woman. (laughs) I, I I refuse to believe I just find that funny. I refuse to believe. I don't think they're actually connected. It's just hilarious that... It's just very convenient, isn't it? It's just hilarious. I'm like, hey, George and George. (laughs) Um, It then opened in Disney World in 1971 to the same hype. Today, the Haunted Mansion is still a major fan favorite attraction and one of the many reasons that so many guests are currently getting banned from the parks lately. What? Why? So, too many people are saying the famous opening lines, Welcome, foolish mortals, in time with the cast members during the opening monologue to the attraction, and the parks have decided that it's probably ruining the experience for new guests. Oh, why? Why is that ruining the experience? Because they're not getting the experience from the cast member. It's all the other people around them chiming in. Welcome, foolish mortals. And so the so the parks are like, no, 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 we want that to be from the cast member. And they're banning a pile of people from the parks for that. Okay. <laughs> I hear, okay, I kind of I kind of understand wanting to hear from the cast member. But, like, that's a fire line. Welcome, foolish mortals is a great way to start anything. Yeah. Watch as we start our next episode with welcome, foolish mortals. <laughs> yeah. No. no, but, like, <laughs> okay, I... <laughs> I can see Disney from, like, a Disney being Disney perspective of, like, they're very, very um, protective of their property and, like, of their, like, IPs that, like, it's, like they're I, not I, a pretty I protective of the IP, they're being protective control. of the experience of the actual ride itself. Oh, right, like, yeah. this is what I mean. Like, they're very protective about, like, their, like, how, like, how they come across and, like, customer experience and stuff like that. Like, they're very, very protective about this stuff, about their characters and about their rides and about all this stuff. So, like, from that perspective, I can see where they would come to this conclusion that banning people for, like, quoting the line along with the, the cast member, like, makes sense. But also, like... They shouldn't have made it so iconic if they didn't want people to do that because that's just human nature. Like, how many people have made up chants 
for Taylor Swift's Eras tour, yeah. where everyone's shouting at the same time, there's some kind of appeal to like knowing the line and being part of the in group. Well, and, and I like, think that for, playing it along with, like, like, I think for I Disney, quote, it's it's like they, mm-hmm. they're like it's more that this is a daily thing, right? And people yeah, come to the totally. park, and, and like the idea that people come to the parks. Like some, like a lot of people go to the parks daily and ride yeah. and do it daily. So it's like, hey, you're coming here daily and doing this daily. Okay, we're okay. done. Like it's a right. Like we so have people we're, who are coming we're to the not parks talking about... once in a lifetime, right? Okay, so we're not talking about uh, the people who like come in and say it once get auto banned. Yeah, we're talking about the people who come in again and again yeah. and again and again and again and do this. Experience yeah, so like it, it's a first. So the okay. cast members are like, it can be like, hey, this is a constant reoccurring kind of a thing like where we like we've yeah, seen you've these, had these your people. warnings yeah yeah okay okay i i can understand that a little bit more it's a lot better than just like yeah like if you're like, yeah like it's not it's not like as soon as you say it like you're gone much. it's more of like okay. hey you're constantly coming in and like you're coming like, you're a daily person or like mm. you're like a every week kind of person kind of a thing right like you're a regular yeah like you're Which, not imagine being like, like a nah. regular customer at disney like i like <laughs> Yeah, there's people um, who are regular. My Canadians yeah. cannot relate. <laughs> yeah. Um, it okay. takes so much to get out there. <laughs> right? So during the holiday season, the mansion gets one of the biggest overhauls and gets a Nightmare Before Christmas theme added to it, which changes yearly mm-hmm. to keep the crowds coming back to see the new massive gingerbread house that the Disney kitchen bakes. Ooh. I know. I was that so excited fun. to see that. But one year, I will free and be there. <laughs> Because it runs from <laughs> September 1st till January 1st for their Haunted right. Mansion um, overhaul kind of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, for the hauntings. Um, so, as I said, George might not have been a construction worker on the Pirates ride. Yeah. But he could have actually been a construction worker in life. Who knows, okay. really? The grieving mother. I mean, there's lots of George... There's lots of Georges. I'm sure some Georges have been. He may not have workers. been named George. He might just be. That might just be a name that the cast members gave him. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, the grieving mother. She might have actually been the one to put him in the ride that first day that she went and took the attraction alone. You think that she brought something with her? Like so, this is because for who knows how long. People have been sneaking in the ashes of loved ones into Disney parks and spreading the ashes on beloved rides, especially the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Why? Okay, so here's the thing. Here's, Here's the deal. I know people very close to me who have spread ashes of loved ones. I'm not going to say I entirely disagree with it as a concept, but technically speaking, it is... illegally disposing of a body like technically speaking yeah and like doing it at disneyland i understand why if it was a place that was very very special to that person i get it i get it i really really do i promise but also (laughs) you're essentially dumping a body in the happiest place on earth like that's like at the root of it that's kind of what you're doing like maybe we don't and also how are you sneaking it in like just put like, it in your bag. Are you... They don't do bag checks. They just have like they don't your. Do bag checks at Disney. I don't think so. I think they just have like the um, like they just like have like your thing and separate. They don't fully do bag checks. They do bag checks at the theaters I go to, but they don't do bag checks at Disney. I don't think they fully do, like not like, like movie theaters, but like stage theaters. Yeah, like, I don't think like they fully calls. do like full on like searches the same way. 
I think they just automatically assume that nobody's bringing a friggin' weapon into Disneyland to say, like... (laughs) Why on earth would they assume that? There's so many people Because there's been no... There actually have been zero shootings or massive... There have been... There actually have been zero massive shootings or stabbings or anything or attempts of that at a Disney park. I can actually tell you that. That's because they were always doing bag checks. I didn't... People just left Disney alone. Okay. There haven't been any threats right. that I've seen. Yeah. I apparently, I, I apparently should reestablish a little more faith in humanity. Okay. Yeah. They've left Disney alone. Schools are fine. Apparently, they're just open season. But Disney parks are like, no. <laughs> Don't touch those. I, I have, I have so many questions. So yeah, I knew about ready. like these this for a long time. Um, but like it was just like a random fact in my head until recently when I was doing a ghost hunting course uh, with one of my favorite ghost hunters, Amy Bruni. Um, mm-hmm. As Amy goes to Disney World all the time with her daughter and brought up that she would love to do a paranormal investigation at the Haunted Mansion in Disney World to see what spirits were still lingering there from all the ashes that had been spread. Even though no Disney way parks, Disney would let that fly. Um, no, because even she was like, no. yeah, no, she's like, because she's like the two places that she cannot, that she would never be allowed into, but that she would love to investigate. Even though hmm. she's had cast members and people who have worked there um, contact her about wanting to do investigations there, would be Disney World and the White House, because both have been, <laughs> uh, both have had had people contact her about hauntings. Oh my gosh. Love, like, people who work there, not, like, the people who actually, like, run things and, like, make those decisions, though. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so, like, neither of those places would ever, ever, ever. Ever. No. Ever. Never allow it to happen. Never, ever. (laughs) Those would be, like, the best places. Because Disney parks have been trying to clean up these, um, the best that they can when they know it's happened. There's even mm-hmm. secret codes and special shutdown protocols for the rides when these incidents happen because a special mm-hmm. cleanup team has to come in. Oh, yeah. So if you're I mean, ever planning on spreading your love with one ashes at Disney parks, please rethink it. It is not hygienic and could no, do a lot of damage to other guests. <laughs> like, it's really not the place for it. Like, it's like there's there's a lot of places where you could go and you could do that and it would be fine. Disney Disney park. Not one of them. <laughs> like, just find a different way to honor your loved ones. Even just, like, a lovely Disney-themed stone or, like, headstone or something to remember them by if they're, like, huge Disney fans. Totally. Or like, put Jack they, Skellington you know, on their headstone or something. Like... like <laughs> or, like, an or like the urn, like, you can decorate. like Ooh. Or, like, get one that's, you know, like, more applicable, more suited to them. Like, stuff like that. Like, there's... There's so... There's so many ways to do it and if you're one of those people who's like when i die i want my ashes spread in disneyland i really really you especially want to because like if it's someone who's like doing something that like but my loved one they said that they wanted this this is you know this is in their will if you're the kind of person to put that in your will i really really would would like you to rethink that and to like yeah no please consider the impact on other people please do not do this um, but yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much it that I decided for the dark side of history, like, sorry, the dark side of Disney, at least for, like, what I had the energy to share, like, to decide to share, because there's a there whole freaking so pile much more. more. 
But I also want to know what, like, hear what you guys all know as well. So feel free to share some of the tales that you guys might have heard on our Instagram page. Whether it's known to be true or even just, like, a legend, like dear old George. We I still want to hear about legends. it. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I love urban myths. Like, they're, like, they're so fascinating to me. Because it's, like, the human tendency to, like come up with legends has never left it's just the context of them has now shifted and like i love i love to see that in action right and yeah and if you guys uh get any dice or accessories from Greenleaf geek we also want to know about it so yeah make sure, tell us what you got yeah like make sure to tag both ourselves and leah so we can drool over your pretty math rocks and fun <laughs> goodies in jealousy <laughs> if you guys have forgotten the link is in the show notes um or our code for checkout is wdyka podcast in all capital letters thank and in you case you haven't, and in case you haven't pieced that together that's for what do you know about podcasts just as because i have to like say the whole title in my head in order to remember <laughs> what the acronym is every time i just have it written down so that i can just read it out See, that is some forward-thinking, planning-ahead kind of stuff. That is why I am in charge. <laughs> That's why Ashley's my manager. <laughs> pretty much. More or less. Pretty much. All right, so all right. thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys all soon on the weird side of history. Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you found something new and will check out the resources in the show notes to get more information. In the meantime, I would really appreciate it if you could rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so more history nerds can find me. 
Don't forget to check out our Instagram page at WDYKA Podcast, as well as considering helping me out with a donation or membership on Buy Me a Coffee. The link is in the show notes and on our IG link tree. Thanks so much and see you next time on the lesser known side of history.